This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. I have to say, I truly don't. The all-star break is approaching. I need to break the Warriors. So that's how I feel. Um, they just lost to the Lakers. Um, LeBron was out. I, you know, I always thought this was going to be a hard game to win, honestly. Um, so with LeBron being out, I just felt like, okay, that gives them a better chance to win. And they could have won. They certainly could have won, but they didn't. Um, But they lost the last game versus Portland. They lost this game. And now the next two teams, I think, are a little harder. I mean, the Lakers look different because they have some new pieces. So, but Washington is, you know, they're kind of one of those teams, right? Um and then the second night is the Clippers, but it's also a back-to-back. So, like, I have zero faith in them winning that game unless, like, Paul George and Kawhi and everyone is just out. And I don't know if they will be. So, with that being said, um, I don't know. Like, the Warriors, it was pretty, you know, they had leads at moments in the game. But the game was relatively close throughout the whole game. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, or was the end of the third, maybe, that the Lakers took a lead and the Warriors just never got it back? Was it the end of the third, or did that happen in the fourth quarter? I can't even remember. Um, I can't necessarily remember it either. I want to say it might have been the be- at some point in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, when Jordan went on his run, I think they either either tied it up and just kept trading baskets or they took like a slight lead or something at that point. Yeah. I mean, it was never like the Lakers took this big, big lead, but as the game started to wind down in the fourth and they were like three minutes, four minutes, and it was still like a five point lead, whatever it was that the Lakers were nursing. I began to worry. Okay. Our producer Greg is saying it was the beginning of the fourth. Cause it's like, I'm not being able to close any fucking game. So I mean, I don't know if it's even better if they have the lead because they don't hold on to those either. But um, I certainly was a little nervous with them being down. Um, and the Lakers executed and the Warriors did not. And that's really the same story that we've been watching over and over and over, play out over and over again. And it looked like they were really struggling to get. I mean, I saw at one point Dante tried to attack 
and AD just met him at the rim, but at least he attempted to, but they were really struggling to try to get good looks. Like the Lakers locked in on defense to close and like Clay was running around. He couldn't get like good shots off. Um, yeah, they were struggling to get some, you know, to get shots to, you know, to get good shots, quality shots um, at the end of the game. So that's what I saw. Um, what are your thoughts on the game, Justin? Yeah, I think they were struggling to get quality shots pretty much all game um, because they forced threes. That's what they do. And like JVG was pointing out um, throughout the game, they shoot a ton of threes. They don't get to the rim a ton, so they don't get fouled a lot or they don't get to the free throw line a lot. So it puts a lot of pressure on your shooters to be able to just hit shots. And when they don't, you know, it's going to be really tough for you to win. Now, on the flip side, they played good enough defense for themselves, for them to remain in the game um, for most of the game. They only held the Lakers to 109 points. Um, Anthony Davis shot terribly for the entire game. Uh, but when your offense is your offensive process and your offensive execution and shot making are this bad, then it doesn't really matter how good your defense is. Like at some point, the other team is going to score and you're going to have to be able to score back. Like the one part of the game where they could actually put together some points in bunches was Jordan, you know, his run in the early fourth and they couldn't get a stop at that point. So it's like they can't do both at the same time. And that's been their biggest issue all season. Like they'll have some games where they can really defend, but they can't score. And they'll have, they had a lot of games early in the season where they were just putting up a ton of points, but they also couldn't stop anybody. So it was still a close game regardless. And, you know, tonight it was just traffic cop, traffic cop Dre and JP and Clay just running off a thousand super obvious handoffs. And at that point, it's offensive foul on the screen. Guys aren't getting open. When everybody knows what you're going to do like that, it's just a matter of an NBA player playing basketball the way they've been playing their entire life. It's just so easy to, to guard that stuff. So, yeah, another frustrating loss. You can just add it to the list. I don't even know if frustrated is the word that I feel anymore. But, um, I mean, they got two more games left till All-Star. Clearly, they won it badly. We heard Draymond mic'd up. He's like, he's been counting down from 15 games ago. So, um, you know, I wanted them to at least go three and two. I know we talked about them potentially, like, they, they have the ability to go four and one, but, like, I just kind of never thought that was going to happen because because <laughs> the Warriors, um, you know, they should have definitely won the Portland game. They didn't. They could have won this game. You know, and those could have been the three games or whatever. And Washington, you know, the Clippers was always going to be the hardest game. So they really should have won more than they have. They haven't. So hopefully they can get one more win out of these next two. Um, and then I don't know, cause if they split the next two, they would go into all-star break with a 500 record. Cause right now they're at 500. So, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love it if they win the next two, but at this point, I don't even think that's possible. So, um, I mean, I just want to know what their plan is because it doesn't seem like Steph is going to be back right after All-Star break and we can get into all although he's going to be evaluated. And so, like, what the fuck? Like, what is, like, they have <laughs> to find ways. Like, like this shit that you doing is not working. It's yep. not working. So I'm just I want to understand the plan. Are you just gonna keep doing the same thing? Even with Steph, it doesn't I mean it works because Steph is Steph, but it's not optimizing or like doing the best possible thing that you can to make this team a good offensive and defensive team. Like I do think, you know, hopefully we get good news on Gary, him come back sooner rather than later, and they go through with the trade and all that good stuff. But, um, I mean, they've been playing decent defense, like, recently. Like, it's just the offense has been so bad. I mean, obviously, without Steph, the offense is going to be bad, but they just really need to add some more stuff to their offensive approach. They have the talent to do it. They have the guys that are good enough and have shown that they're good enough to do some different stuff like running Jordan off these, these, um, you know, these screens that go out to the wing and he's shooting fadeaway threes on a catch. Like he's Steph and it's like clay just repeatedly down dribble, handoff, dribble, handoff, dribble, handoff. So obvious. Like everyone knows it's coming. So at that point, it's not going to be open. Even if he was Steph, like, those are just hard shots to keep fucking taking. Exactly. It's stupid. Exactly. It's a stupid fucking offense. <laughs> and it's, it's stupid. It, it's been stupid. It's been stupid. We were we were calling for it even last season. Once we realized Jordan is as good as he is, and Clay came back, instead they had all three of those guys, and they had Wiggins. I said last year, they should be putting up 80 points between those four guys every single game. It should be no games where they're under, like at the very least, they should put up 70 between those four. All of them should be pushing 20 points a game. And it's easy to do it. And I I mean, I think Kerr has this thing with pick and rolls and how all these teams that they've seen over the years have had heliocentric offenses with with a single guy running a thousand pick and rolls. And they just like, in their mind, they're like, yeah, we always beat that guy. But it's like, bro, you got four guys who can average 20 to 25 a game. And you can't, like, the ball moves. Like, all this stuff, the ball moves. It's not like those other guys, like, you know, Harden from the past and Luka Luka now and and LeBron from the past where the ball only moves when they want it to move. The ball is going to move with the Warriors' offense either way. But simplifying it. Making it so you put guys in a in a position that's advantageous for them, right? Jordan taking fadeaway threes is not advantageous for him. Now Kerr is not telling him to take that shot, but the play call is putting him in that position, right? No one's telling Clay to shoot these contested pump fake five times because this guy's just stuck on me, so I'm gonna just pump fake him five times and then try to shoot over him. Nobody's telling Clay to take that shot, but the offense is putting him in that position. Like simplify the offense, let Wiggins get something going downhill. He took one shot in the fourth quarter, and it was not it was not because of a lack of aggression. He just wasn't getting the fucking ball. Like he just couldn't. No calls were made for him. He wasn't getting any. Like I think he got one kick out to him, and he shot a three. 
And it's like, I would like for him to attack the rim. But at that point, like, he's not even even involved or in rhythm. You know, it's just just bad her game so far. His fucking system trumps all. Like, that fucking system is stuff. And even then, sometimes it's stupid. Like, whatever. I'm not here today to bash Kerr because, like, there are just other things that need to be discussed. And I um, really am not feeling that well. So I think this sounds like a good place to wrap the Warriors lose to the Lakers. You know, (laughs) I I don't even know what's happening on the timeline. I didn't look. I, you know, I got nothing. Oh, it's, it's trade. It's trade JP and trade Wiggins now. Or it's like, what does that look like in the off season? That's that's the question that's been circulating in the TO. Okay, well, I mean, obviously, this is who the team is right now. Trade trades are over, so um, you know. <sighs> anyway, you tune into Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast. It's Nat and Justin. We will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? We're back. It's Golden Spaces. Like, I can't even fake the vibes tonight, so I'm not going to try. Like, I'm just... I'm tired. And you know, something something is going on with the Warriors. I, I'm I'm sure of it. Um so yeah, you're tuned in to Golden Spaces and we're an Odyssey original podcast and um Justin and I will do our best. But you know, when I say something is wrong with the Warriors, I'm just saying like you don't win a championship and just fucking forget how to play basketball. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. So there's something else. I don't know what. We probably don't know and may never know, right? It's sort of like how after Katie left, we heard like there was just so much shit going on, you know? Um, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Were you going to say something? Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, I think it's just a combo of a bunch of stuff. You know, like even, well, you can go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, even last year when, when Steph all of a sudden forgot how to shoot, I think that was just a combo, a lot of stuff. Stuff that don't make sense, like, how does a championship team go from, you know, being a championship team to a 500 team over 70% throughout the season? How does the greatest shooter of all time just, you know, go through a slump that crazy for a month and a season? I think a bunch of a bunch of different things are attributing to it or have, you know, attributed to it from the jump, from, you know, the whole Draymond and JP incident to the whole second timeline, Joe Lacob super hard lean into that and obviously, you know, break up a championship bench and, and all this other stuff. And I'm sure there was some, not outward, but I'm sure there was some conflict there with the coaching staff and the front office and, you know, Kerr and, and Laker and all this type of stuff. So I think it's all that stuff going and plus injuries and stuff as well. So that's just, you know, what I feel like is going on. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's just that I think that's why all the like trade them and do this and do that shit is like, that's not really the issue. It's not that the players are bad. It's, you know, like the fucking ecosystem. That may not be the right word. The, 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 their, whatever it is that connects them and makes them a unit is off. It's off. And multiple things contributed to that. Like, listen, honestly, they would be in no different situation right now if they had kept Gary Payton the second or not. I mean, we would have just avoided a lot of bullshit, but the point is he had to have this surgery and um, he didn't play a lot of games. And um, yes, the, the Warriors training staff probably would have been taking better care of him. But at the end of the day, like based on what, they say about that surgery, it would have been like a four to five month process. So he wouldn't have been playing and you still would have basically been without Gary Payton, right? Um, And Otto Porter is like, I mean, Otto Porter is out now too. Would he have gotten injured as a warrior? I don't know. But, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) the issue is not those specific players as much as as the Warriors just leaning in too much to youth, right? Like, they could have just gotten other players because I think people are so hyper-focused on these particular players. And it's like, it's not that. It's just that you didn't, you did not replace those players with like the adequate help. Right. And that's, that's really what it is. Um, And it's largely in the front court, you know, Um, because Dante and GP2, they do different things. We know that. And they're not like exactly the same players, but I mean, Dante was a good pickup. But, you know, everything else, and we've talked about this endlessly, so we don't need to rehash it, but it's like, that's the issue. That's the issue in terms of, like, the roster construction, you know? Um, And then, like, whether fans want to acknowledge it or not, you know, this shit, like, with Clay, where Clay's been good lately, but he, it's like, 
he does this back and forth thing with like, okay, he gets it and he stops doing the bullshit and then he goes back to doing the bullshit and then you have to talk to him again or whatever happens. And it's like this, this fucking cyclical shit. And it's, it's, it's actually really selfish to be honest, you know, um, it's selfish. And at some point, I mean, the, the fan base is always going to give Clay a pass, but it's just like, it's fucking selfish. And, um, and then Jordan, you know, like, whatever's going on with you, I, you know, it's like you just do stupid shit sometimes. Like, when, wh- at what point are you going to learn from the stupid shit? At what fucking point are you going to learn from the stupid shit? You know, it's just... Um, right. And look, I mean, I, like, I, and I don't discount what happened with Draymond, because, like, the way everyone else just said, oh, that's done. I don't believe it's done. I don't think you can just fucking punch someone in the face like that, and it's done. Like, I think there's always lingering shit there. So, um, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. Like, we only know what happens on the court. That's all we know. But we don't really know what it's like behind the scenes, right? Like, so on the court, they showing us, yeah, we playing together, but we don't really know. We don't really know how the rest of the team fuck with Dre. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of this shit that people want to ignore and think it didn't matter, it all fucking matters. And that's why we're seeing all of this shit right now. You know, like Clay's being selfish, Jordan. You know, I don't know because like I want to know what the reason is that he was even being started. Like, why did that happen? You know, what like what was the reason for that? Um, so you know, like they're just and by the way, it like it's to me it's not about like whether he starts or doesn't start. It's to me, I just feel like they are no longer functioning as like a unit. Like right. it feels like very individual people have individual agendas. Dudes are being selfish. That's really my point. You know what I mean? Like Dre mm-hmm. can say whatever the fuck he wanted, but like you punch Jordan over some fucking money. Like I don't, I don't care what Jordan was saying to you. Like you know, like and also you punched him, and you would never punch Kaminga, who I know annoys you. You would never punch other guys on the team. You punch Jordan because he's Jordan. You know what I mean? Which in itself is sucker shit anyway. So, and you were mad about money shit. You can say whatever you want, but that's what it was. So, like, it's selfishness all around the team. It's selfishness and individual agendas, and they're not thinking about the team collect like first. And, and it's just manifesting itself on the fucking court. That's all. That's what it is. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I think it starts at the top. It, the, 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 the entire tone was set immediately after they won that championship. I think, you know, going to the roster, right? That just shows like, and then obviously it comes out later that we hear that Lakeup is like involved in basketball decisions and he has his own big board and all this stuff that owners typically aren't asked to do the people that they hire to do those jobs are asked to do that um so I, yeah like i said i think it starts at the top then obviously it's trickled down and to you know you just went in, in depth about draymond and then clay just seems like he he since he's gotten back from injury his you know he goes through his his moments where he's so individually locked into looking like 
the clay of old that he just loses the plot with team basketball sometimes. And obviously he wants to win. Um, so from that aspect, he's, you know, thinking team oriented, but he's going about it in a way that is not conducive to the team functioning well. Um, so like you said, they just, they just haven't been on one accord and maybe the all-star break gives them the time they need to, to get that as much in order as they can for the last push of the season. But just from the, from the end of last season, all the way to now, it just seems like they have not been aligned on what they want to do, how they want to go about it. And it, I mean, like you said, it, it shows up on the court offensively, defensively. They just don't seem connected at times um, or as nearly as much as they need to be to be a championship team. And, you know, it's sad. And then it doesn't help that guys have been injured and out of the, out of the lineup, stuff like that. So even when they had the chance to build it back up, guys are back out. So just, just sucks, sucks so far. The Warriors have the ability to still fix it, but time is starting to run out. You know, we're starting to run out. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're officially at like, who cares how close the standings are at this point? Because we're getting close to the end of the season, right? And teams are starting to pull away now. Right, they were like what two games? I mean, they're still two games out of fifth. But are you going to catch Phoenix with KD coming back soon? And Dallas is—I don't know—they're about to win their game against the Kings. But Dallas and Phoenix were those teams who were in the range that you can catch, and now they have tremendously improved their teams. So it's not looking like they're going to be losing a ton of games going forward. Um, they're in a close game with, with Sacramento right now, but yeah. Like time is running out, you are one and a half games out of the play-in, so it's it's got to start at some point for you to string together some wins to get yourself out of the play-in. I think if they get out of the play-in and guys are healthy, Gary's you know available at least for the playoffs and Steph is you know good, then they got a shot. But they need to put together a month, at least a month stretch of them being all on one accord and playing the basketball that they're capable of playing. Or else it's just it's gonna be tough to expect them to do anything spectacular in the postseason. Yeah. Alright. I think this is a good point to break. I don't got any more on this. Um you tuned into Golden Spaces on Odyssey Original Podcast. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. We're back. The vibes are not back, but we're back. Um, so we got an update. I don't know if it was yesterday or today about Steph and his timeline. Sorry, y'all, I'm eating the cookie. Um, it said that he was going to be re- reevaluated right after the All Star break, right, Justin? Yeah. There um, there still seems to be a lack of clarity around this injury, and I'm saying that not like for myself, but in terms of like what I still see people like saying on the timeline and talking about. But my understanding is, for all intents and purposes, purposes, this is, and, and maybe it's not because I actually spoke to a friend who is a um athletic trainer. So or sports, you know, whatever. But she like works with athletes and, you know. And so she like when when it first came down, they said like, oh, you tore this ligament, blah, 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 blah. That whole like complicated, you know, description they gave. I sent it to her. And she was like, two to four weeks, you know, if they're on the conservative side, you know, like that. And I said, oh, okay. Which to me at the time was like a relief. Also seems consistent with like the doctors, like the actual doctors, not the fake Twitter doctors, but like the real ones who were like, (laughs) this seems more like weeks than months. And, you know, and then Monty Poole was also reporting that, you know, they're hoping he could be back shortly after All-Star, right? So, um I kind of like in my mind have had him like I just have him out till March (laughs) and then that's like nine games but you know like three weeks would be seven games um I don't know what that means or what he'll look like when he gets back but that's kind of like what I've been thinking about so some people were still like oh he's gonna miss all this time and You know, what I don't understand is because I'm told that it's basically a high ankle sprain. And I'm like, well, why don't they just call it a high ankle sprain? Like, why are they using, like, all these technical terms and making it sound so complicated? So maybe it isn't exactly a high ankle sprain, but um, I don't think he's going to be out, like, months and months. And people were just kind of thinking he was. So I just want to, like, clarify that. Like, I think, you know... In total, it'll be somewhere between like three and four weeks, probably. Ideally, assuming mm-hmm. his recovery is going well. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously was a little too optimistic when it first happened because, you know, I've had similar things happen to me where it's just the knee. The knee itself is a very hard. Uh, it's a bone. So when someone's knee is driving into soft tissue on your body, whether it be a thigh or a calf or, 
you know, that muscle that's around your tibialis or your tibialis is the muscle, but around your tibia and your fibula, fibula, it can, you know, bruise some stuff, like really mess up that, that area. He got hit in that spot twice, extremely hard. So I'm sure it just, you know, ruptured something or, you know, partial tears, whatever they, they categorize it as. But it just seems like it's one of those things like, all right, when it heals, we're good. Like swelling goes down, bruising goes away. We're good. It's not something that's going to be long term, like a like a non-contact injury where he completely tore some type of ligament or something like that. So, yeah, I was I wasn't expecting him to miss many much time at all. But I mean, now that the diagnosis came out, I don't think he'll. I mean, four games, five games after All Star is kind of like what I'm thinking. Um, best case scenario would be like update he's actually way ahead of schedule and we we only expect him to miss two more games you know that would be amazing but he did come back one game earlier in his last injury i gotta say it almost like rarely never happens and then they did last time it was one game earlier than they had initially said so i mean I think I think the state of the Warriors is what's going to, in a way, influence yep. when Steph comes back, which is unfortunate. I mean, I don't think that they'd ever really put him at risk, so I don't think that. But, you know. It'll be a question of. Pain yeah, tolerance. Be, it's like a question. Right. Pain tolerance or a question of, like, we can afford to actually let you chill for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like, you're ready, but we can let you chill for a little bit longer. It's going to be that or. You're ready? All right, come on. Like, that type of thing. Yeah, Instead I mean, they, of, you know, they don't have to be conservative early. here because of, like, right. the way this, this season has gone. And so, um, but it, and it also comes down to whether the players still believe, you know? Because um, once they stop believing, then, you know, um, and at least from everything we've read and understood to this point, they still believe that they can contend this year. You know, so, um, I mean, I saw you had a tweet kind of like going back to GP2, but I saw you had a tweet because um, I was like, look, at the end of the day, obviously it would have been great to have GP2 playing, but like they've, it's not changing much from that regard because <laughs> they've already been playing like without him and we, and, you know, my whole thing is, that the Warriors are not being outclassed by anybody, right? Like, right. so close games. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So, and I mean, a lot of it is execution. It really is just that, like, it sounds so, so like, like excusey, but that's what it is, you know, they're, and they're doing that with like Wiggins, not really playing well or consistent yet. You know, they're doing that with like other things happening. So it's just like, if y'all could all just play like the way that we know you can, you know, they'd start winning games. So I just still feel like the, the bigger issue to address was still always the front court depth. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, yes, obviously Gary would have been great to have now as an extra body, but I was just like, cause I mean, we were texting. So me, you and Greg, so, you know, and I saw, remember I was like, I hope that's not all they're doing. I mean, that was my initial mm-hmm. response because it's like, I love GP too, but like they still have like a serious need to fill. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they still got to fill that need. But, I mean, Jermichael is looking a little bit better. I still don't 100% trust him. But this was one of his better games so far. And I do think the addition of GP2 is just going to make him even better um, just because it's just another guy that can kind of make up for whatever mistakes he he has. And, you know, that's why it's so important that they get GP2 healthy because it's like, well, you know, we need reinforcements, you know, in any kind of way that we can get it. Um, and then Kurt obviously still doesn't fully trust Kaminga out there because, I mean, how much did he play in the second half? Did he play in the second half? But it's like at some point, like, you got to just fucking let him play. Like, he's going to be in the playoff rotation, so you got to let him fucking play. Like I said, bad Kurt game. He's had a few of those this season, more than more than a few, actually. Uh, I, I, don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And this type of game where he he's needed, right? Like, you need athletes out there, right? You're forcing the Lakers into misses, and, you know, you're boxing Anthony Davis out, and he can't get to it, and Draymond's smacking the ball out because he's not going to just rip it in front of AD. And we don't have the athletes to track down the 50-50 ball. So the Lakers are getting them, kicking it back out, three. Kicking it back out, floater, layup, whatever. It's like you need athletes on the court, but you can't just go super-duper small, for extended periods of time, and then just expect your your team to just luck into a win. Like, but it's like how fucking long are you gonna keep doing the same shit? It's not fucking working. Like, I just uh, this is the part that kills me. It's like, fine, you've done it. It's not fucking working, yo. It's not working. It's not. This is when I get irritated with the curse shit, and I that's why I don't fucking like to hear people tell me about how fucking great he is because he's not. He's not fucking great. Because he literally would cause this team to like just struggle for no fucking reason except for his his stubbornness. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid. Yep. It's stupid. Yep. I mean And in the process he, he fucking break and ruin players. Young players. I don't get it. I mean, he's not a good like young player coach, I don't think. But yeah, even like it just goes back to that to that point that we made about the team and everything not being aligned. Like last year, it just seemed like they were just so aligned from the jump. Even you saw it in preseason, they were just like on point. They didn't even lose a game in preseason. It looked like guys who were new additions to the team had been on the team for years already. Like everything was just in line. They just had injury injuries and then Steph had a slump in the middle of the season. That's why they didn't win 60 plus games, but they were already, they were ready to win 60 plus from the jump. And that was Kerr's best coaching season. I think, I mean, you can, you can argue 2015 his first year when they kind of took the lead by storm. But since, since that year in the dynasty and obviously 2016 won 73 games, but like that was his best coaching season. Right. And it just seems like he just kind of took a step back. They played well. Well, I mean, look, Mike, Mike Brown. No, I think even right, right. His his staff was better, so I mean, that probably had a lot of a lot to do with it. But their defensive schemes were just so creative, and like they had so many different things they can go to. The Mm -hmm. offensive process has always been, you know, it could been it could have been better. Like we always, we lose Mike Brown. I think you're smart enough to to replace him, and you're not. That's really what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's you lose Mike Brown and you lose veterans and you lose, you know, 
guys. You know, it's, it's Mike Brown, the player, the roster, and the the loss of Mike Brown. I think both attribute to the defense being what it's been this year. But you you haven't done enough, I think, to make up for that for that loss. Um, no, and you're fucking like horny for Anthony Lamb, which I don't understand. <laughs> like it just. I, Bro, you're never going to convince me this man is just more than a, a slightly above average. Like, I don't care what anyone tells me. Like, he's not no fucking great coach, um, you know? And um, he's a part of the problem. He's a part of the fucking problem. So, you know, I'm going to always root for the Warriors and be positive, but it's like, You know, (laughs) it's like everything is like stacked against them at this point. And I don't see anything changing. Um, So, you know, I I, I just don't know. And then like, it's been, I'm not, I'm I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say it's been like five different, five different phases throughout the season at this point. It feels like there's always, something's always wrong with the team, but it's just been different. Like you said earlier, like in a, a few pods ago, like every 10 games is something, it's something new that's going on with the team, whether it's their roster's not deep enough. Coaching's been bad for the next 10 games. And then, you know, Clay couldn't hit a shot. and JP couldn't hit a shot for the next 10 games. Then Steph's hurt for the next 10 games. And then they can't close games for the next 10 games. It's like, it's always something popping up an issue if the issue was consistent throughout the entire year and it it would be much easier to say okay easy fix right here not easy fix but like we know what we need to fix it's like or damn, i got like five six like, things you know i need to fix right or if it was just like they like the same thing for the whole year you're just like okay like they're just not good you know they're just not whatever but it's like right it's something different so it's really hard to like assess and evaluate i mean look teams have changed in the West, right? And like those teams and the changes they made in itself don't like scare me. Like, I don't think that any, like, I think, you know, Dallas is going to score a lot of points, but I still don't think that they're like built to come out the West. And it's funny because I heard that like the Denver people are really like freaking out because you know of like what the Suns did and I'm laughing because I'm like oh they really thought like there was no threat to them you know it's like Denver you're not a real team like you can be schemed for so but I mean I get it you have like the best record in the west like (laughs) you're the best but it's just funny to me that they just thought like they had it and there was no threat to them um but the Suns you know there's a lot of like you know excitement for the Suns I get it um, but, you know, Aiden, CP3 is sort of washed. And, Jeez. like, but people, like, someone tried to call me. First of all, I always love, again, I always love how the men, I say something, and then a man says something right after me, and they only come to me, you know? So I was talking about um Phoenix, one brother from another, and I said, look, you know, they've, they've lost a lot of defense on the wings. And so we'll have to see, you know, what they look like. And then 
I think someone else came in and agreed with me. No, actually, I don't even think it was this. It was actually something else completely different. But um, we were talking about the legacy of Kevin Durant. And I basically said, you know, I mean, I guess because of the Warriors and having the rings, that's the team he's connected to. Because I was asked, like, what like, what does this mean for his legacy that he's going to his fourth team? And I'm just like, it's just sort of strange for a player of his stature and of his all-time greatness to, to bounce between four teams. And I don't really know, like, which one you affiliate him with. And I said, I guess by default it's going to be the Warriors because he won with them unless he goes on to win with the Suns. But some person was like, what is this girl talking about? Like, he's always going to be affiliated with OKC. Is he? They let other fucking people wear his number. Like, you know. And, you know, Kurt Heelan went on after me to say the same thing. It's just sort of like, I don't I don't know who he's affiliated with. I mean, he used different language, but he was basically saying the same thing. But with the someone did comment though. No, yeah, someone was like, Do you guys watch basketball? Like, clearly you don't do research. Like, isn't Kevin Durant a wing? So there there was some you know, I'm just like, Do you really expect Kevin mm. Durant to fucking play defense and, and and then still be an offensive weapon the way he is? And have you not watched Katie in any yes. other past series? Like, what are we doing? But of course, you know, because I'm a woman who said it. But it's just like, (laughs) like, yo, they lost like all of their really good guys. Like the people they have remaining are not going to cut it, you know. And like, like Phoenix will be looking to fill those spots in some way or do something. So they don't even think it's enough, you know. So it's just like, Mm. and Chris Paul, like I said, he's washed. Like he's washed. I don't, you know. Like he's washed, and, he's I mean, not moved by them. And then you're gonna have Devin Booker coming off injury and KD coming off injury. Like, I'm just not moved by mm-hmm. the stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I mean they're not they're very beatable. That's the whole thing. Like as long as you're looking at other teams and you're saying, Okay, there is a path to beat this team. This team is like this team has very clear weaknesses, right? Every team has a different weakness, but like if you can see a very clear weakness on a the team, then it's like, all right. You know, get the rally the troops together, try to get everybody on the same accord, and then you can go after the team and you gotta play seven times and whoever the best team is wins. But it's not no one's looking at the Suns like, fuck, like, how right. does anybody beat them? Right? Like <laughs> I mean, you're you're spot on. Like they lost point of attack wing defense. Like Devin Booker is a good, you know, above average defender. Kevin Durant this season has been a great defender by his standards, right? But he's not a wing defender. He's a rim protector. He's like, you know, team defense, stuff like that. He's not Mikhail Bridges, who's going to guard Steph Curry for the whole game and fight over all those screens and stuff like that. They don't have that guy anymore. Like the, the guys that they have to fill that role, um, you know, guys like Josh Akogi and like Landry Shaman, stuff like that. These guys aren't stoppers. Like these guys aren't elite defenders. So you're trying to fill that void of Mikhail. Not yeah, the bench is full of a bunch of like decent veterans for the regular season that's going to help you win games because they know how to play basketball. But the playoffs are when guys like that get schemed out. Guys like that look invisible and guys like that turn into no help, right? You need legitimate, like good NBA players with special skill sets that carry over into the playoffs. Um, and right now they have four on their roster, right? Granted, those four. Um, you know, two of them are Hall of Famers. One of them is a superstar. 
you know, and, you know, the other one is on his way to the Hall of Fame, most likely. And then you got DeAndre Aiden, who's a very good player, right? But they still got weaknesses, right? They still got weaknesses. CP, like you said, is... The team that let the Mavs come in and stun them in the game seven. Right. Like, CP3 is a mental midget. added to the team, but, like, they all let that happen. It wasn't just, like, you know, one play. I mean, like, last year... Last year they got sunned and Katie got swept. So right. like, you know, they're not they're not coming off the greatest performances themselves, like or as a team or individually. Um, you know, CP three is a mental midget. Devin Booker is um is a very good player, but he's not that tier of player that really, really puts fear in your heart in a in a playoff series, right? Katie falls in that tier. Steph falls in that tier. LeBron, you know, Giannis these top tier guys. Devin Booker is very good, but he's not quite there. Now, Katie is there, but again, he has his limitations as a player, just like any other player has. And DeAndre Aiden soft. So exactly. No one's no one's no one's scared of them. But at the same time. Right. Exactly. And at the same time, you look at the Warriors and you're like, man, y'all got to get y'all shit together. If you're shitting together, then it don't matter how beatable those other teams exactly. are because y'all going to beat yourselves, right? That's what they've been doing all season, beating themselves. So it's not like, uh, oh, the Warriors are going to just sweep through everybody type of feeling. But it's like, yeah, nobody's scared of y'all. Like, if the Warriors are on their game, they can beat any of y'all. Like, and I would probably pick them against any of y'all. And by so, the way, people might be thinking the same about the Warriors. I get it because of what they've shown. But at the end of the day, you still got to do it. You still mm-hmm. got to go and beat those guys four times, you know? Um, right. And, I mean, nobody's saying the Warriors are a juggernaut. Even last year, no one was saying the Warriors are a juggernaut. We were very confident in our team beating everybody that they were matched up against. But nobody thought, even the Warriors fans, nobody thought that we were unbeatable, right? It's just the better team got to win, you know? At the end of the day, we haven't seen an unbeatable team, quote-unquote, like since KD was on the Warriors. Like, at that, at that point... I was like, gun to my head, nobody's beating this team, right, unless injuries happen. And that's what happened. But there's no team in the NBA today that fits that bill. Any any team can be beat. Um, you just, you know, got to go out there and, and check rock and see, and see who wins. So, I mean, look, let's just really quickly go through the scenarios because I, I think – the Warriors are going to keep Gary Payton the second. I feel pretty confident about that. So I think all that's going on right now is that they're like talking to the league to see what can be done in terms of like what the Blazers did. But I have a feeling that trade stays intact. Right. So, but we seem to be getting mixed information about what his timeline could be. So three months is concerning. And three months puts you, like, probably in the second round of the playoffs, to be honest. Um, yeah, probably conference finals, really. And and so, you know, when people are just like, well, at least we get him back to the playoffs, I'm like, that would basically mean he missed the whole season, except for, like, 15, 20 games. And then you want to, like, throw him into the playoffs? Like, I, that just doesn't seem practical to me. So I just don't know what help he's going to be this year. Um, I truly don't. Fair. Huh? fair. And, and so, you know, 
until something more definitive comes out about him. And regardless, to me, at, at, the, at this point, because I actually didn't get to watch the game against the Blazers because I was away in Arizona, but it seems that the consensus from everyone was that he didn't look like himself, you know? And so, like, there's going to be an element to him anyway of having to, like, get his conditioning and get back and all of that. So I just, I just, I just don't know how practical it is. So maybe we get him for the postseason. Who knows? But I'm at this point, I'm not even banking on him. So now we're back to the original squad <laughs> as is. Um, and it just, it just doesn't strike me. They And and by the way, they did try to, to trade Moody. I mean, he was out there, but apparently people thought like their asking price was too much. So fine. So Moody doesn't get traded. So um, they only have one roster spot. I'm not seeing where it looks like they're going to cut anyone. I don't think they're going to like get rid of Jamichael or like anyone else. Right. So they really only have no. one roster spot. So our hope is that Jamichael keeps playing well. And, mm-hmm. and also they need to get a front court player. So I know um, on the, well, not the last pod, but on the one you had with uh, Joe and Charlie, you guys went through a number of people, players who are potential. I, I don't think Kevin Love is going to actually be a potential buyout candidate, but, you know, if right. he is, then then great, right? So um, maybe, like, he has a relationship with Clay, but he may not. He might be looking at the Warriors like, mm, y'all are fugazi, so I don't want to come here, you know? So I don't know. But um, so I don't know if he's realistic. And so, but names that seem to be potential that are maybe a little bit more realistic are like Deadman, Thaddeus Young, a couple of others that it's escaping me right now. So who do you think? I've heard Surge. Huh? I've heard, I've heard Surge. Yeah, but I'm not moved by Surge. I think that's why I always just forget him, but I don't know. Like, do you think Surge has anything left? I'm not sure. Um, last time he played, I mean, I, you can look up his stats, but last time he played, I, I'm pretty sure he could still shoot. Um, he's played in 16 games this year. He's shooting 33%, so I guess he kind of can't really shoot. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's not a lot of tape out there on him. Like, he played 16 games so far this year. He played 54 games last year. Um, I think he looked okay last year but they really they really just need a player that makes Nerlens, the defense one. Nerlens, yeah, yeah. Nerlens will be good. Nerlens is a really good defender. Um, you know, he's athletic. It's just more so a thought of like will he be able to catch onto the Warriors like system quick enough, right? Cuz it's not something that you can just walk into and and you know, play if you haven't played that way before. Like guys like Belly and Otto had already played in similar systems before, so they so they could pick it up easy. But Nerlens, I don't know. And um, it's really going to be an option, right? I don't know. And Darius just... same thing. I don't. I like I've heard his name, but I don't know that he's actually going to be an option. Exactly, Dario would be a nice pickup too. But you just really you need a player who makes the defense think twice about completely sagging into the paint. 
um, because that's just going to open things up. And when you get a role player, especially in the playoffs, the threat, like the threat of your shooting or the threat of your lob finishing is more valuable than actually hitting the shot. Because um, a guy like Jamichael can go out there and hit a few threes, but if they're going to completely sag off of him, you know, for the whole game, then what value is he really adding other than those potential six points that he's giving you a game, right? It's not making a defense thing twice, and he's not going to go out there and hit six threes. You know, right. but a guy like Otto last year, you you have the thought like, damn, if we leave him open, he can hit five threes on us. So we gotta we gotta react to him being on the perimeter, and that opens up everything else, like cutting lanes um, for GP two and Kaminga and driving lanes for Steph and JP and stuff like that. So they gotta, I think they gotta get a guy who really makes the defense think twice. Dario would fall into that, um, you know, career thirty six percent shooter on about moderate volume, but I think he's recognized across the league as someone who can actually hit an open three, you know, and Nerlens in a different way would be recognized, I guess, as someone who can finish in the paint. So um, that vertical spacing, that, that term that's been thrown around a lot, he would be able to provide some of that. So, yeah, I think that's what they got to look for. Obviously Kevin Love would be amazing, but I don't, like you said, I don't think he'll be bought out. There's been no indication that he would be other than that he's out of the Cavs rotation and Serge, Surge on paper sounds okay, um, but I just don't think the numbers reflect someone who would provide that that appropriate fear as a in that position that he would be asked to play. He would just be kind of like another Jamichael. Well, why why is OKC want to hold on to him? Dario. OKC want to hold on to Dario. Dario. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just like this game. You know, they just let Muscala go. So maybe they're just like, okay, you're just going to replace Muscala uh, for now. They like to hold on to stuff and then, you know, make trades in the off season and stuff like that. I think they did that to Al Horford, if I'm not mistaken. They just held on to him and then dealt them, dealt them in the off season for some picks. They're just going to, you know, they like to hoard picks and stuff, so. Well, we'll okay, see. see. That's I mean, I just pray someone hits the buyout market who was unexpected. Right. I'm tired of hearing about all these guards hitting the buyout market. Like, let's get some let's get some bigs out there, some big forwards. Thaddeus Young, um I feel like he'll be a decent Warriors player, but he just cannot shoot like <laughs> He just cannot shoot. Not reliable enough of a shooter. Doesn't shoot any. Doesn't shoot with any volume, either. Um, so I'm I'm kind of good off that young. But the other ones, I think Dario will be at the top of my list if he gets bought out. Well, time will tell. I mean, my guess is the reason they haven't signed. Lamb is because they are not going to do it until they absolutely have to um, with the hope that there is someone on the buyout market, right? And the GP2 thing, I my hope is that the GP2 situation has made them, because if they were even thinking maybe we don't need it, they're going to be like, okay, we really need to try to get someone on the buyout market. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the... <laughs> 
aside aside from that, the Mavs and the Kings are in OT right now. Dog fight. I'm not sure who I want to lose this game. They both had 31 wins, yeah, but both, the Kings yeah. have two less losses. Well, if the Kings stay at three and we end up at six, I guess you know we want the Kings to keep three. So <laughs> that's true. We want the yeah, we want the Kings to keep three. That's right. You are correct. So, but yeah, I mean, they played last night, so back-to-back, it was going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, they're up to a minute left in OT. Um, Greg Greg took the Mavs (laughs) as a bet, so uh, sorry, Greg, but I think we want the Kings to win this one. (laughs) I don't know what y'all be betting. It makes me nervous. I haven't bet in a while, so maybe I should bet on the Warriors again. That'll that'll help us out. All right, y'all. That's all we got for you. Um, We'll be back again on what day is it? Monday, Tuesday, whenever they play again? Washington? Yeah. Whatever day. One of those days. they, They play Monday. Okay. So we'll be back for that game. Well, it's a back-to-back, though, right? It's Washington and Clippers. So maybe we won't yeah. be back Monday. <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll we'll have to figure it out. But you'll hear from us soon. Um, it's just one of those nights. I can't get the vibes up, but we haven't given up on the team. Just know that. We haven't given up, but right. we're just a little right. exhausted. They just don't deserve peak vibes right now. <laughs> You're getting straight, straight recap, straight analysis, no extra vibes right now. So you gotta get it together. All right. So you're tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcasts. Uh, thank you so far, though. We really appreciate all of you. The podcast has been doing well, and we want to keep climbing. So please continue to download, share with people you know. Um, speak of it, word of mouth, follow, leave us a rating, write a review, all those things, they really help. You know, a lot of you guys send us messages on Twitter. Um, I ask, like, just copy and paste that message into a review. You don't even need to write something different, but it all really helps. So thank you for the support, and uh, we will be back. Take care. Until next time, y'all.